Welcome to the Project Future Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Valentine, and today's episode is going to be all about venues that offer food experiences. So that can include restaurants, that can include cooking classes, anything where you offer an experience to the public, or I guess a private party, <laughs> um, that relates around food and you're a venue. So you have a physical space. Alright, so how this episode is going to work is basically I'm going to break down um, what I would as if we were in a meeting together as partners. So what this is going to include is if you've never heard any of my other episodes, um, this is what I focus on. I focus on um, basically the four ways you can make money in business. And that is you either need more customers, you need your current customers to spend more with you or more often, and you need a reoccurring offer. So some kind of membership or subscription. So I'm going to focus on those four things, but I'm also going to go into like uh, things about your employees or your team and then marketing so like those are going to be the main things i'm going to focus on for this episode there's going to be some other ideas because this is free flowing this is not um i have some notes but i mostly just go into like a state of flow so let's enjoy the ride all right so the very first thing i would look at if you and i were working together um or if we're going to be partners work on a campaign is i would look at how you do what you do currently so I would look at like I would I would need like a very clear picture of what you do so you need to be able to communicate that very well because a lot of what I'm going to recommend is you're going to be talking to other people you're going to be collabing you're going to be hosting things um I mean you're already hosting as a food venue but like you're going to be hosting things in a different way and you need to be able to communicate what you do the way that you do it so look up Lisa Nichols her snap Um, it's a, uh, technique for networking and it'll give you a very good starting point for explaining how to do what you do because this is your, some people call it a UVP, a unique value proposition or USP, a unique selling proposition, or Ashton writes on YouTube, um, calls it an onlyness factor. Basically, this is what, uh is a succinct way to explain what you do and how you do it and why people should choose you over anyone else so start there (laughs) because you're really gonna need it like in general in the business world you're gonna need that Um, but especially for what i'm gonna be recommending to you i'm not gonna recommend that you change anything on your food menu but i will recommend is that you have like a signature dish and something that people will come just to try so like this it doesn't it just needs to get people talking so it doesn't have to even be something that's like super elegant or super um like on brand it just has to get people to come in it just has to get people to like talk about you and talk about your business um this is the kind of thing that gets you on like the news or gets you on like social media like I guess also news um but basically it gets you in like on people's minds and it gets people talking so like for example if you do some kind of like food eating contest um or if you do some kind of like uh a a really good one is that if you have something that like people can't eat in the amount of time that you give them then they get it free 
Um, that's a really good one because people love a challenge, especially if the food is good or if it's a very fun challenge. Um, it like you just need people to want to try it like if it's going to be some type of challenge or if it's going to be something like insane like offer like a hundred dollar burger or a thousand dollar burger ten thousand dollar burger something that's so out there that you don't even care if anyone actually buys it you just need people to talk about your uh your business because they're going to look at the ten thousand dollar burger and then they're going to look around at that too so like for example if your food venue that offers classes then um offer a ridiculously priced class or something so out of there where like i don't know you make steak in the woods or something like something that like you would stop if you saw that on like if you're scrolling through facebook or like social media it would make you stop and just be like, wait, what is this? Like, um, something that'll make you smile or make you go, what? What am I looking at? Like, something that'll just make you stop scrolling, right? So, like, if you can do that, then you're doing that for other people. So, like, just, this is a really fun thing to do. This is, I think, one of the most fun things to do is to think of things that will just get people to say, what? Like, what is this? Like, I want to try that. I want to see that. So this could look physical. So like um, this episode is for uh, places that do have a physical space. Um, Have something in your physical space that is so weird or so aesthetically pleasing or so beautiful that it makes you cry and that people have to see it in person. So like literally when they recommend your place, they recommend that like look up at the ceiling. It's so beautiful. You just have to see the ceilings. Or anything like there's this beautiful mural or the wallpaper is just so beautiful or it's so weird it's neon and it like it's outlined in neon it looks weird it looks like like you don't want it to off put people so like you don't want it to look bad and you do not want it to look like really cheap or um I mean if your aesthetic is off-putting or like uh weird like stick with your aesthetic for sure so you know, if you're out there, stick with that. But you want it to fit with your aesthetic that you're trying to go for. So like, if you want people to say this place is weird, go for something weird. But if you don't want people to say that, if you want people to say, oh, this is luxurious, make sure it's beautiful, right? So like, for this is actually where I'd start with, um, this is why you need to know how to do what you do the way that you do it. Because um, the very first thing I'd recommend, if you do want something like that, is to work with local artists. You want, even if like they're they do wallpaper, um, and you don't want someone to like come and paint. Um, it's like the more local you can get, the better. Okay, because they will promote you, and you will promote them, and it's a win-win. Um, also, it just feels good. It just feels good to have a local connection. Also, you don't know who they know. So that's just good networking right there. Uh, but you want to be able to say, like, like let's say uh, you have four walls, like your classic, like, four-wall establishment, and um, each one has a different mural painted by a different artist. That is beautiful. Like, they also get to talking and they get to know each other um, because that's going to take a lot of time, uh, depending on how big your space is. But um, you can have that. You can have, like, 14 different... Uh, artists like local artists work on one mural on one wall that'll get people talking they're gonna be like wow that's made like 14 different artists came in and painted that that was 14 different people collabing at one time and they're all from our city like that's crazy that'll make me go in there like I don't know about you but 
that'll make me go to a place of like wow that's so local that's so different and it's not crazy like it's not um it's not a gimmick like you can tell when a company um has like a gimmick that they only did that to get you to come in like it feels like that um this won't feel like that even though yes i just did recommend that you put something on your menu that is for that but it's also fun and silly so um for example of what i'm not talking about is like if you offer something in an exchange for an email so like uh if you have a sales funnel and you have your squeeze page or you have your top of the funnel offer so like give us your email we'll give you a coupon they know already that you just want their email they just know that you want to sell them and if they want the coupon bad enough yeah they'll give you their email but they know they're being sold to but if you had like like i said like a ten thousand dollar burger or a burger made out of something weird um or i don't know like i said like make steak in the woods like (laughs) something different then um they'll just they'll be that'll be silly and then like they know that every business is selling to them but at least they get a good experience out of it which is the point of this episode you're a venue with a food experience and what i imagine when i talk about this is basically the experience is more important than the food so that is like the people that i'm talking to so like yes this technically includes restaurants and use this as you will but i'm mostly talking to like the novel kind of experiences where like you cannot get this at any other place um and this is something where like tourists would go to if they go to your city like that's really who i'm talking to with this episode uh because i just think that's fun right so the next thing i'm gonna look at is your offers so your actual like how you structure your offers to the world um so as i said before the way that you make money in business is four ways there are only four ways to make money so you either need more customers to spend on average what your customers currently spend or you need customers to spend more money with you so a higher cart value or you need them to spend more often with you so come many more times so uh for example this looks like um you going in for a tune-up every so often with your car to your mechanic so you're not subscription but you come every so often And then there's also reoccurring offers like subscriptions, like this is like Netflix or Hulu. And if you don't have a solid base in each one of these, all four, then your business is very vulnerable. So if you completely rely on just getting more customers, that's a problem. If you have no reoccurring customers, like that's a vulnerability. So I would look at each one of those and I would say, how can we make sure that each one of these are solid? So um, how I'd like to look at it is can each one of these uh, basically cover all of your expenses? So can your reoccurring offer cover all of your expenses, like your rent, your employee salary, all those things? And if they can't, you need to structure it out a little bit more. You cannot like rely on it all working out because if one of them goes away so like as we've seen in the pandemic, one of them could very well go away. So you need to look at it from this perspective of can each pillar so each way to make money can this fully support my business the way that i have it right now because this what this will do is just in that you're gonna uh quadruple your money like you're gonna quadruple your income just by developing a base uh for each pillar and for each pillar i like to do uh like both virtual and in person 
because neither one so if you rely heavily on only virtual or if you rely heavily on only in person then you're also vulnerable so like the point is the end goal is to make sure that you're no longer vulnerable so like no matter what happens in the world or what happens in your community or the law or anything you're unshakable that's where i want to get you is that you're unshakable and you're competition proof so when your competition comes in and they offer something in one of those spaces you you have a you can at least compete you can at least be in the same ring as them even if that's their specialty so that is the main goal when you look at your offers and then what i would want to look at is your team so your employees so like i want to know all the positions i want to know like who's at the top who's in the middle and then who who's like the foundation of your business so i want to know a lot of things if you and i were going to work together and these are things you need to look at as well is you need to look at their salary or their wage and is it competitive can a competitor come in and offer the same thing or more because if they can you're again you're vulnerable because you your employees are the blood of your business so if they can be taken that's a huge vulnerability if any competitor can come in and offer a dollar more three dollars more then that's a problem especially if they can do what you need them to do the way that you need them to do it so if you've been working with them for a while or if uh, they have a, a specific set of skills or if you know that they're just a joy to be around like that is huge okay so really look at that and then look at other ways competitors can come in and steal them do you offer benefits do you offer um like a consistent uh hour so like do you offer full time and then is their schedule consistent so like are they opening one day and closing the next like look at that like really look at that I know you want to look at it from like the CEO or the boss kind of perspective of like, well, I offer this because of this or the field does it this way or no one else does that. No one offers $20 an hour or $30 an hour for this position. I don't care. Look at it. Really assess it. Where are you vulnerable? Because if a company comes in and they're willing to take that loss in wage in order to get your employee, that's a problem. That's a huge vulnerability because I promise you that's coming. Another thing to consider is um, I believe that every business should feed their employees on every shift, especially if you're in the food industry, especially your employees should never be around food hungry like that. They're going to resent the hell out of you. And that is not what you want to breed. You do not want to breed resentment in your employees. What you want to breed is loyalty and kind of like a fan you want them to be your biggest fans so that when someone comes in they can tell from your employees energy that this is a good place to be because your employees are the first person that your customers will see or anyone you want to work with okay so if they look like they hate their job then that's a problem and that is on you everything in your business is a reflection of you so if your employees hate their job, it's because you've made them miserable. Take full responsibility with that. Like, sit with that for a second. Everything in your business is a reflection of you. It is your fault every single time. Either you hired the person who did that thing or didn't do that thing, or you set up a system in which that was either necessary or praised or okay. All right? So look at that first 
And then also you have to look at how you incentivize your employees. So if how you incentivize them is do this or I fire you, there's already a huge problem there. Like for me, that would be a red flag of working with you. But (laughs) um, if you incentivize them negatively, that's not the way to go. That is a huge vulnerability. Again, that breeds resentment and that's going to lead to you having a high turnover rate and having... um, just people who don't care like they don't care whether or not they make a sale or whether or not like this customer stays or goes like they just do not care because you set up the system like or the situation that way they came in thinking they're gonna do a good job and you set it up so that they cannot okay like the the main point of this is that you have to care about your employees So, if you incentivize them, you also don't want to incentivize them in a way that breeds entitlement. Because if you basically, like, uh, like you're doing well and you start offering bonuses, but then the next quarter or the next year, you're not doing as well and you can't offer a bonus, like, they're already relying on that. So, don't do that. (laughs) So, basically, the middle the way that you want to go about this is that they earn their incentives. So you make it very clear. This is not a time to play favorites. This is not like, uh, like if, for example, like I've worked for people who, uh, they, they try to incentivize a way to earn it, but there's no real way to earn it. So like, for example, if I'm a cashier, I cannot control how many employees come in. I cannot control how much they spend. I cannot control whether or not they buy a gift card. So, I'm not a salesperson, or most, like, regular employees are not salespeople, so if you expect me to do that, you're just going to create, again, resentment, and you're going to make me want to leave the job a lot sooner, because I didn't sign up to be a salesperson, I signed up to be a cashier, and I understand for a lot of businesses, there's no real difference between a cashier and a salesperson, all right? So... I understand that. Like, I get where you're coming from, but really, you got to look at it from your employee's perspective. So, how are you incentivizing them? So, um, this is a, a way that I would do it, is we would come up with a rubric together. So, we would look at what are your goals. So, like, if you have a goal of, like, let's say you do want more people to buy gift cards, which, if you don't offer gift cards, th- th- do that. Like, seriously, look up, just Google, how do I offer gift cards? Where do I buy gift cards as a business? Wholesale gift cards. Like, they're, look it up. Like, you can Google it. Google is free. So is this information I'm giving you. This is a free podcast. Um, so, yeah, let's say that you want to sell more gift cards for some reason that you think that that's a really good way to go. So we would look at how would you measure that? So um, you would look at, like, what your employee can actually control. So if, for example, they can control how many people they ask. So, like, if you can say that, oh, you get this bonus if you ask every single customer or if you ask, like, a percentage of the customers. So you don't want to go if you ask 100 customers because that's on you to bring in 100 customers a day for that employee. But if, like, let's say if they ask... 20% of the people who uh, come in, if they want to buy a gift card, then they get uh, some kind of incentive, all right? So you, this is where you also need to look at what will incentivize them because some employees don't really need more money um, or the money wouldn't be worth the thing that you're asking them to do. So ask them, like, if, uh, like, what would get, like, this is what I want from you. 
And this is what I know you can have control over. So like, I know you can ask them. I know that you cannot control whether or not they accept or whether or not they buy. So like, let your employee know that you know that they cannot control that, right? So let them know. I know you can't control this, but you can control how many people you ask. So I'm not gonna require you to ask them, but I am gonna offer you an incentive to do so. So uh, what would you like? And a lot of them are gonna say money. I want a, a, a commission. So like if you offer a commission, that's a really good place to start. Um, or you can offer like, let's say they're like, you know what? My kid's birthday is coming up and I really, really, really want time off for that. So like, and, and you're like, okay, well, that's a busy day. I can get you time off if you ask this, uh, like a 100% of the people who come through. If you ask 100% of the people who come through, if they want a gift card or you upsell them on something, then, or offer an upsell. So you you don't require that they upsell it. You require that they ask it. Then if you do that between every shift between now and your kid's birthday, I'll give you your kid's birthday off. Um, but if you don't, then you don't get it off or something like that. Or, or like, let's say you require like at least 80% of the time. You know what I mean? Like, like a really good doable number. Okay. So, so like look at what incentivizes them to do what they need to do. Okay, this also goes into the next thing. Uh, you need to be offering insurance. Like I know that the law requires uh, only full-time employees and a lot of employers have gotten around this by offering less than full-time. I understand, but you need to be offering insurance because I promise you that what's going on in their head is not, oh my God, I wanna do well for this company. It's, oh my God, my tooth is rotting out of my head. That's what's going on in their head. Okay? It's either that or I can't pay my rent. And if they have either of those two um, thoughts in their head, you're vulnerable as a business. Like, that's just point blank period. You're vulnerable as a business. If your employees are thinking about survival kinds of things, they cannot perform the way that you need them to perform if they are in survival mode. So you need to do everything possible to get them out of that. So you need to pay a living wage, a living wage. This is not a little better than minimum wage. A living wage, look it up in your city and then give them that, whatever it is. Actually, I recommend that you give them more than a living wage so that you are competition proof. So that when your competitor comes in and notices that all of your employees are so much better than all of theirs, they're going to think that it's because of the employee, right? So what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to steal all of your employees, especially the ones that like could actually sway your company, um, like can sway the bottom line of your company. So they're going to offer them something. They're going to offer them a better wage. They're going to offer them insurance. They're going to like, think of everything your employee or your employee, um, everything a competitor can offer them and offer them that first from the jump. Okay. So if an employee or if a competitor walks in to your employer employee and says, I can offer you this at my company, the correct way for them to respond is to laugh in their face. If your employee considers it, you're doing something wrong. If they do not laugh in their face, like if they're a little more polite and they're like, huh, no, like I love it here. Like they need to respond with love for you and your company. If they do not do that, you're vulnerable as hell. So make sure that they absolutely love you and your company. This does not come from you trying to control them. 
is from you giving them a way out of relying on something. Okay? So don't worry about if, like, let's say, like, I know a lot of uh, businesses, they worry about, like, well, what if I invest all this time into this employee, teach them the ropes, and then they go to my competition anyway? Don't worry about that. All you need to do is the right thing. The right thing is always the right thing to do. Because imagine the opposite. You do not invest in your employees. Now you have a bunch of liabilities instead of assets. No one knows what they're doing. Because you didn't take the time to invest in them. You didn't take the opportunity to invest in them. They're going to not be loyal to you because you're not loyal to them. You need to be the first one to be loyal. Okay? Another thing that this will give you is... If you offer the best, like in your field or in your city, like if you offer a lot of amazing things, like full insurance, full time, you get fed every single um, shift that you work, no matter when you work, um, you get a very good wage. Like I'm talking about triple, quadruple what other people offer. I'm talking about for a cashier, you offer $25 an hour, something like that. Okay. So like mind blowing, like, oh my God, like, holy shit. Like you want people to say that. Um, if you can offer that, you're also going to attract the very best employees you can possibly attract because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a career. They know that they're good and they know what they need and they're not going to take anything less. So you want to make sure that you have the best employees, the best minds, the hardest workers, like uh, the funniest people to be around. Like that's also important. Like uh, employee morale is super important. Like even if they're good at what they do, if they're a dick, like that's going to severely harm your company. Like a lot of people don't really realize how like cancerous that is to a company. Like their skill should not outweigh who they are as a person. Okay. But... Now you're probably wondering, like, how am I going to pay for that? I got to pay $30 an hour for a cashier or like, oh my God, what is, what do I have to pay for someone who like a chef or like whatever? Like, don't worry about it. (laughs) This is why I said in the beginning, each one of the pillars of how to make money should cover all of your expenses. Okay. Now that we've covered what your expenses actually should be, which is, you know, your employees, Um, we didn't really go into like quality, but like basically the better you do, it's like the better things that you have, the more quality things that you have, the better you're going to do. Like people are just going to want that. Okay. So do not skimp on quality, right? And make sure that whatever you do, it's the best that you can possibly do it. So it's the best steak. It's the best... I don't know, cheese, if you if you like good cheese, like get it from Wisconsin, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> it's the best quality whatever. Like the packaging is environmentally sustainable. That's a huge marketing uh, like position to be in. Like having sustainable packaging throughout your entire company is beautiful. Just look up. I highly recommend that you use hemp, okay? Um, hemp is highly sustainable. Also, it... Like, people just love the idea of hemp. (laughs) So just Google hemp-made products or hemp packaging or hemp utensils, whatever you're looking at. I promise you there's something, okay? And then what you're going to do is is you're going to figure out a way where it's a win-win 
if they put your stuff their stuff in your business okay i'll go over how to do that more later but for now just focus on that you need to make sure that your business is competition proof okay if it's not you're vulnerable i don't know what to tell you if you don't spend any money on ads you're vulnerable if you don't if you uh if your employees have minimum wage you're vulnerable like you're vulnerable if you are a cheapskate i'm sorry to tell you this i'm sorry to be the very bad news but if you're a cheapskate you're super vulnerable because i know that bleeds into everything that you do all of your policies like you probably are super paranoid that your employees are stealing from you or they're gonna fuck you over before you can fuck them over like i've dealt with these people a lot like ceos that are cheapskates like that is a cancer to your business you're super vulnerable if that's you so if you can't handle this like let someone else who is okay with spending money listen to this but the next part is going to tell you how you're going to afford all this how you're going to afford the really good um tablecloths and you're going to afford the 30 dollar an hour cashiers and stuff like that like you're okay so your peers so other people who own restaurants or who own uh venues with food experiences they're going to see this and they're going to laugh at you. Like, you have to be okay with that because they I promise you they're going to laugh at you. You're going to be the laughing stock of your town, okay? For people that are in your business or in business in general. They're going to look and they're going to be like, $30 for a cashier an hour? You're insane. What do they offer you that's worth $30? Okay? And then you're just going to you're just going to go about your day. Okay, so you have to be okay with someone laughing in your face that what you're doing is ridiculous. Because when their employees come to you, then you get to be the one who laughs. (laughs) Because I promise you, you're going to get way more people, uh, like, applying for to work with you in any capacity, like, than you can handle. You're going to get the very best candidates that you didn't even know were possible to get. Because you offer full insurance, full time, a set pay. Um, You feed them every single shift and it's good food. Like you do not offer them the leftovers. You give them good food. And um, you offer them a living wage better than living wage. Like if you can do that. A living wage means that they can um, fully support an entire family by themselves. And still have money to save. Okay? So that does not mean they can pay their rent and they can most likely pay their uh, utilities. That is not what I mean. I mean they can fully support if they're the only person who has any income in their family. So like if they're the mom or the dad or the wife or the husband or whatever, they can fully support the entire family. Their spouse does not have to work. And they have kids. And they can support them. They can buy the medicine. They can... They can do all the things that they need to do as a parent. They can get them new school supplies every single year. Okay? They can buy them great uh, Christmas presents and birthday presents every year. That's what a living wage looks like. Okay? If you can provide that, your employees, at least most of them, I'm going to say at least 80%, 90% of them, are going to be loyal as hell. They're never going to leave you. And they're going to be a raving fan, which is what you need. You absolutely need your employees to be raving fans of you, to love you, to absolutely love you, like to go to war for you because they might, 
they might actually go to war for you because someone's gonna come for you someone's gonna be on your twitter or your instagram or whatever social media you have which you should have all they're gonna and they're gonna clown you you're gonna have people in your dms you're gonna have people in your mentions you're gonna have people in your comments clowning you because you offer what they don't offer and they're scared they're scared that this is going to be the new thing that is going to run them out of business because they don't know how to do what i'm going to teach you how to do which is to be unshakable like you cannot get rocked at all by what happens in the economy or in politics like you cannot be rocked okay you're going to be competition proof and this is one way that you're gonna be competition proof, which is to have people ride for you. Like you need a fan base. And if that can come from your employees, because if you had a fan base, but your employees weren't on your side, I'm sorry, you're still gonna get clowned, you're still gonna, you're still gonna be in a vulnerable position. But if your employees are ride or die, your employees are also in the comments are like, I work for them and I love it. I make this much, my kid does not have to worry. I don't, ha- like my student loans are paid off. And I'm only 35, like, or I'm only 28, like, everyone's going to want to work for you. Like, you need your employees to say things that, like, most people, by the end of that sentence or the end of that paragraph or comment, they're like, wow, I'm applying there right now. That's what you need, okay? You need people like that. And the only way you get it is if you give them what they need first, okay? And you need to be understandable, you need to be kind, you need to be a good person, for that to work <laughs> because this is not a tactic this is not a manipulation tactic okay so if you're doing this to try to manipulate your employees into like submitting to you that is not what i'm talking about you're going to be super vulnerable if you go for that if you go for power if you go for control i can't help you i'm sorry like this is just not going to work out because you're going to get into your own way and you're going to self-sabotage and they're going to realize it we can feel intent like human beings can actually feel intent So they're going to know that you're trying to manipulate them. So now that I'm done yelling, (laughs) uh, we're going to get into the actual strategy of how you're going to be able to afford all the things that I said you need in order to not be vulnerable. So the first thing you're going to need is some sort of hub and you need to be the person who creates the hub. You need to be the leader of the hub. Like, that puts you in a very good position of power and um, influence. That is what you need in order to, like, become less vulnerable. Because I don't think you can actually be truly, like, not vulnerable. But you can do a lot of things in order to become way less vulnerable than you are now. And way less vulnerable than all of your competitors. So, uh, basically what this is, is like, you want to be the host. So like, if you think of like, if you go to a dinner party or any party, um, the host is kind of in a position of authority and no matter what happens at that party or that gathering or event, they are in charge. Like, um, they kind of have this like aura of celebrity around them even if everyone there has known each other since like childhood like they still have this aura of um like celebrity yeah like influence so that's the place that you want to be in in your city so like you want to be in that locally and then you also want to be in that like in your field like overall like 
over the whole country or the whole world, if you can be like number one as the influencer in that space, like that'll give you so much clout. That'll give you so much, um, that basically what this gives you is options so you can pivot or like options to do whatever you want because what you're gonna need from this is to develop it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of like a networking hub for you and what that means is like from this what the goal of creating a hub is for you to have kind of like an unlimited supply of people to collab with or organizations or companies or movements um to collab with and also have like a hub of vendors so like if you need something like if you need a farmer um for your food or like whatever however you get your food like a food supplier um or you need like a hub of uh event planners so you can have a steady stream of clients like any kind of hub that you want you want to be at the forefront of that so you can do this one of two ways um one you can have like a huge hub of everything you could need um this puts you at the center and um is much less likely to work because it puts you at the center <laughs> and anything to do with like community you want the community to be the center so this could work for some people like if you have a lot of influence already and they already want to be a part of your world like that's definitely a possibility but if you don't really have a lot of clout or a lot of influence in your neighborhood in your community in your field then the best way i think um to get this is to center the community so like for example if you created like a club for all food vendors or all like food venues in your city or in your state or in your like region um you're gonna be the host of this new club and you're already like in that moment the fact that you're on the stage or that you're the host of the party you automatically become more influential and you automatically have more clout or um like i said influence or power and that's what you want so I would highly recommend, like this is gonna take some work. So like this, it doesn't have to be like, uh, like a ton of work, but it's gonna require some like uh, foundational things. And cause any, any kind of development of a community is gonna require that, but you need these people. Um, so like this is what I would recommend. So you have a hub for all of the people specifically in your niche. So basically your competitors. Like you want to remove the idea of you guys being like true competitors and um, so that they don't attack each other. So like you don't want them to attack you. So basically you create a system of like, look, we might be competitors, but uh, we're the only ones here who do what we do. And we can't do everything. We cannot serve every client. So why don't we just... Um, collab and this you can determine what that means so like if it's simply you guys referring uh clients that you can't take so like if let's say you're booked one day and this client really needs that day then you can refer them to someone like a few miles like down the road from you or something so like you know figure that out 
Or if you want a whole situation, like I highly recommend this. If you're the host, you become the leader and you become like the educator. You become the mentor of everyone in your space. So like if you're the, it honestly, it doesn't even matter like how old you are. Like you're going to get some pushback if you're too young. But um, once you de- deliver value, like that's going to like kind of subside. So the hub that I would recommend for anyone because I just want to give you options, but like that I would recommend for anyone that I would ever work with is that you develop a hub of first the people who would be your competitors and you do it in kind of a mentorship way. So for this to work, you have to have something of value to give them. So if you listen to everything else in the episode, um, I'm going to give you a bunch of strategy. And if you implement this and it does well, everyone in your field is going to be looking at you anyway. So they're going to ask you, like, how did you get this collab? How did you do this? How did you in this time? How did you make this much money? Like, how did you do what you do? And they're going to be confused because uh, they didn't listen to this episode. Like, sorry. But what you're going to do also you're going to bring your actual like expertise that you had before you listened to this episode um you're going to bring all of that together and you're going to give them access like that's what you're going to do as a mentor you're going to give them access either to strategy or to the same people so like um for example like you're going to have another hub okay I recommend that you have multiple hubs and within Project Future like that's my goal is creating like a lot of different hubs um like kind of like a a centers like a community center of this thing so you're also going to have a hub of uh, people that you need in order to get like more customers so this is going to be event planners this is going to be um like people in the city that are influential like so celebrities or uh i'll get into this later of like influencers because influencers are super important for you to be able to be kind of at like the forefront of anything so so you basically have a hub of people that you develop a relationship with so one really good way to do this is uh to create a podcast um kind of like mine (laughs) and invite them on the podcast like most of them have never been invited on a podcast but if your podcast is something like um i don't know leaders in milwaukee because i'm in milwaukee or like uh influencers in milwaukee or power players in milwaukee like whatever they like to be called Okay, so first you need to determine like who you need in this hub. So if you need event planners, if you need CEOs, if you need uh, like actual like power players, do that. But if you also need like uh, influencers that really don't consider themselves power players, like they're gonna, um, they're basically gonna be flattered when you call them a power player, but they might feel like, oh, I don't deserve to be on this. So figure out like what you wanna call them. Because you could also have, like, uh, I don't know, people of Milwaukee kind of situation. Um, It just depends. Like, personally, I would recommend leaders. But, um, I don't know, it can even be foodies. It can be anything um, that you just need basically their clout. And you need them to like you. Um, Because, as I said with the employees, you need people to ride or die for you. So, if you can get, like... the most influential people in your city to like ride for you and be like oh no like that's a good person that's a good business then um you're in a very 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 good position and uh that is going to help alleviate some of the vulnerability that you have just by simply existing as a business 
So, um, I would highly recommend a podcast and I'll, I can go more into that. Like when I go into the marketing, but, uh, the hub that you're going to create is you're going to develop a relationship with these people and, um, then you can kind of like call on them. So for example, uh, actually not for example. So this is where you create a list. This is where you create a list of people that you should collab with. And this, uh, if you look up the dream 100, um, by Russell Brunson, who owns ClickFunnels, um, consume that and then figure out exactly how to do a dream 100. But basically these are the people that if you can get these 100 people, you are like, you can dominate the city or you can dominate the field or whatever. Right. So like, for example, like the mayor should be on that list. Um, the most influential CEOs, like any kind of loved local places should be on that list okay it doesn't have to exactly be a hundred but I think it should at least be a hundred unless you only have like a hundred people in your city which like you should expand if you do um but uh so do that locally and then also do that in your field so like think of the top people in your field that if they were a fan of you you would get the entire field okay so this is gonna like it's gonna seem a little audacious it's gonna seem a little out of um your reach but what you're gonna do is you're gonna actually develop a relationship with those people so whatever they need like it could be as simple as you inviting them to your place and you just working your magic and feeding them amazing food giving them a really good experience um all that stuff. So for you, for you, you're gonna look at the different fields that your field touches. So food automatically touches um, entertainment. It automatically touches tourism. It automatically touches things to do with family. Like it, it touches a lot of things. So look at that. And um, on your list, I would include things like, uh, so if you're a food experience, so, like, you're not just a restaurant, but including if you're a restaurant or anything like that. But if you're a venue that also has food, um, then on this, I would have, uh, so, like, okay, uh, I would have three hubs. So, one of influencers of in the city or in your niche, and then one of uh, your competitors or people that, like, if you were their mentor, like, you're the top dog of your field. And then ones of people you would collab with. So, like, people that you would work with. So, like, event planners and things like that. So, take each of these lists and just get to work. Like, you just start DMing people and you just start um, inviting them on the podcast. So, you can have three different podcasts or not. Um... Or you can have some kind of membership uh, situation here. This also goes into like how you're going to pay for it. Because you could do this out of the goodness of your heart. You're going to get a lot of power. You're going to get a lot of influence that way. Um, but you can also offer like let's say you have a free version of it. Of like okay look this I'm going to give you guys strategy or whatever in this. Like if you have the hub of competitors. Um, you can also get your competitors to pay you. To teach them how to do what you do. Um, but... This is all over the place. I said this is going to be like kind of like a stream of consciousness. But uh, so the first hub is going to be the people in your field. So basically your competitors. And then the second one is going to be people you can partner with. So that are not quite competitors, but they're like adjacent. So they're like uh, similar to your field. They touch your field, but they're not in your field. So they are not a specific thing that you are. So they are not like a cooking class. Okay. Uh, but they're close. Like they're, 
it would make sense that you guys at some point would touch in the field. You guys would be like rub shoulders, you know? Um, and then people who are purely influential in your location. So like in your city or in your state or whatever, like wherever you want influence, like you need a list for all three of those and you need to create a hub around it. So with the competitors, like that should be an easy list. And then, uh, the collaborators or partners like that should be. So like I said earlier, like tourism. So you need to also look at like all of the short term rentals. So like the hotels, the Airbnbs, uh, if you have a casa in your area, any turnkeys, uh, VRBO, like anything like that, they need to be on your list too, because tourists are a huge part of food. Um, or, uh, like you can, some of these lists will like cross. So like, for example, um, uh, sports will probably cross from influencers or like people that like have a lot of influence or power in your city or your location. Um, and on people you should collab with. This is kind of all jumbled up, but, uh, I think you get the point is basically you need to create a hub. And, um, this could literally just be that you create like an association or a club. So if you create a club of like, um, influences in Milwaukee, if you are the person at the forefront, um, and then you make it about them, you try to give them as much value as you possibly can, because that is the most important thing in business. You need to give as much value as you possibly can. And that will just come back to you, you know? So, um, create three different hubs so you have one for influencers and then you can also like you can call one like uh the food industry in milwaukee or uh it doesn't have to be a super exciting name it just has to make sense for the person who wants to sign up for it so they have to know that they are what you're looking for so if you have like um event planners or event like you can even um make it a little, you know, cheeky and just say like event masters in Milwaukee. Like then they're like, oh yeah, I'm a master of events. I'm a, I'm a wedding planner or like whatever it is. Um, you basically get them all in a hub and then you have your direct competitors in a hub and you become a mentor to them. So like they already know subconsciously that you're top dog. So that's going to be very important. Um, later on, like as you move through, uh, the space. Cause if you, if, if like, let's say one of the competitors doesn't want to be in your hub or in your club or association, then, um, they're basically going to be a lone wolf and lone wolves die. Like, I don't know if you guys knew that, but like a, a wolf that's banished from the pack dies. So if you become a pack and you become the alpha of the pack, you become the leader of the pack, then, um, you become super important. Like they will automatically subconsciously like, um, know that you are the top dog. So, um, if you have any, like, uh, people are being mean to you or they're trying to slander your name or anything like that, like you have your competitors backing you up and you have influencers in your location, like your city or your state, um, or your region or whatever. And then you also have like people who are adjacent to you. So like if this person gets blacklisted, um, then they're screwed. Like, <laughs> like I'm talking about like wherever they get like, uh, their food from. So like if every farmer in your city said, fuck you, or, um, every food supplier or every person who supplies, I don't know, utensils, like said, like, fuck that person. They came for you. Like, um, we don't, we don't play that. Like we ride for you, you know, like you want that. 
Like, that is super important. You basically want to be untouchable. Like, don't get a big head and think that you're truly untouchable. But as much as you can possibly be, you want to be, like, the person who gives the most value, provides the most things for them. Because we all know that entrepreneurship is kind of a lonely and scary place to be. Like, we're just winging it. We don't know what we're doing. And no one in entrepreneurship really does. Like, we're, we're taking our best guess at what we think we should be doing. And honestly, people want a leader. Like, they just want to be led. And if you can establish yourself as the leader, then that's very powerful. Like, that's a very powerful position to be in. And honestly, it's fun. (laughs) So, any of these strategies work in person and offline. So, like, you want to be the host online as well as in person. So, like... I know there's a pandemic right now, um, but you can have a virtual club for all these things. Like, you can have a virtual, like, meeting, and then when you safely can, then you have, like, an in-person meeting, and honestly, at that point, they become, like, more of a fan (laughs) um, if it's more virtual, but um, when it's in person, you have it at your place. Like, you don't have to always be talking about what you do. They're already in your place. At some point, someone's going to ask you, like, what do you do? And that's your time to shine. But remember, you're there to bring value. Like, that is just, like, good karma right there. Like, just provide as much value as possible and good things will happen. Like, like that's just how it works. <laughs> but as, like, I was trying to say before was let's focus on one hub at a time. So... Um, if you have your hub for competitors, so like this would be like food venues, um, of Wisconsin or of the Midwest or whatever, wherever you are. Um, this is like you pulling in people, right? So this could be a way that you make money. So like, um, as I said before, you make money four different ways and it doesn't always have to be from like the com- the customers you're thinking of because this is a way to get more customers your competitors can be customers too um it doesn't have to be like this uh like super traditional model like like i said before each pillar um has to or should i'm not gonna say has to but it should um basically cover all expenses that you have so each pillar should be able to do that so one way to get more customers is honestly to turn your competitors into customers <laughs> um so the way that you would do this you can do this a few ways if you have a competitor hub so one way is that like you can charge like a membership fee um and then you can have this in tiers so like like the first tier is like you're just a general member and they get like uh you you basically have to figure out like what kind of access are you giving if you do tiers so like are you gonna do it based off of um like how many times they get to talk to you or like how many times you get to meet or do you do like the information that they get i don't recommend that one um but it's a viable option so basically the more that they pay you the more like strategy you give them um or um You can basically do, like, let's say uh, you know you're going to do a meeting every single week with your competitors. And you guys develop more of a, like, a a community relationship, right? Um, But, like, let's say you have uh, three tiers. 
right? So you have either they get to be at every single meeting, so every weekly meeting, and that's the most expensive, and then bi-weekly and then monthly. So you have a big meeting once a month, and then the other ones are like supplemental. So you can do that. Um, so they still get access to like the same information. It's just, it doesn't get repeated as often or they don't get to ask as many questions because they're not at every single meeting or whatever the situation is. That's definitely a viable way to do that. Um, and, or you can get sponsors. So if you have a, uh, like a venue or not a venue. Yeah, you have a venue. But, (laughs) um, if you have, uh, like meetings and events, like people, If you're in business, you want to, like, put your product or your service in front of as many people as possible. So if you guys are the perfect client or customer for another company, then they're going to want to advertise to you guys. So if you develop this hub that, like, let's say every single um, food venue or every single venue or food business, like, you can even expand this uh, to have more competitors Um, cause you can merge some of these hubs. Like you can have like, uh, all venues of Wisconsin and then all like food experiences of Wisconsin. And then you can merge them into like sub categories. So you can also do that. That's another way to like, they can become a member of like your whole hub and then a member of your specific niche or whatever. Um, so you can do that. Um, but you're, you're going to have people who want to, uh, advertise. So like be on your websites. Uh, so these people, so like your, your hub website, cause you're going to develop or create another website for this. So it's going to be, you know, like, uh, Milwaukeevenues.com or something like figure it out. Um, and then, uh, they're going to want to advertise to you guys. Like they're going to want to, uh, advertise your email list and um, they're going to want to show up at your events and kind of pitch people like you can do that. Um, you can do it through you where like you you're the one who's conveying the message because you do it with integrity and things like that. So that's a really good way to make money because um, every person in there, they're going to want those things. OK, so like they're going to want the utensils and they're going to want uh, like the food service or supply, um, that these people are offering them. Like they're going to want that and you're going to want to provide that. So you might as well get paid to provide that to them. So if you have a free membership, so like if anyone in the food industry or any, any food venue or any venue can join. So if you go that route, like I think that's the most like good karma route, but, um, like a small fee will make people like, uh, kind of, you know, care about it more. So you can do a small fee, like you can do a super small fee and then you can uh, supplement the rest with sponsorships. Like you can do any kind of like uh, combination that you want. You can do a more substantial fee and then still do sponsorships. Like that's gonna, people are gonna realize that at a certain point and then they're gonna feel like some type of way and you might get less people. So you have to determine like the higher the price, the more, the less people you're gonna have in there. And if you want these people to stop seeing you as a competitor and more like a mentor, then, um, the cost of commission needs to be super low. So you just have to basically figure out like what is more important to you. Do you want the quick money or do you want the long-term legacy? And I personally believe that you should go for long-term legacy. If you're my partner, we would definitely go with free membership and then sponsors. That is what I would recommend um, that I would have my partners do. So I'm just giving you options because you're not my partner unless you want to be my partner. But for now, you're not. So 
Um, that's what I recommend for the competitor one. And then you also, this is the second hub is actually where you get your sponsors from. So your second hub is all of the people that, uh, you would work with. So like, um, wherever you get your utensils from, wherever you get your tables from, wherever you get your physical equipment from, and then wherever you get your food, um, like all of those things. And you can get pretty creative here. Like, just think of everything you possibly need. That includes, like, um, toilet paper for your business. That includes uh, ink. That includes uh, printers. Like, that includes a lot of things. Um, Literally every single thing. If you listen to any of my other episodes, I talk about something called a worry tree. And um, this is basically, you think of every single worry you have as a company, and then you think of every single company that could uh, satisfy that worry. So like, solve that for you. So you can do that. And um, that process is actually, uh, it like takes a while. Um, And it's like an ongoing process. But like basically everything you can think of that like, oh, I kind of have to worry about this, like payroll, like you need an accountant. So like, have accountants there (laughs) like that's specifying food like it's kind of hard to find that so if you can have them in that hub like everyone you can have like food industry related um association or something that's a horrible name but like come up with something better and have like uh i don't know like food industry corporations of wisconsin or something i don't know i can't come up with good names but <laughs> that's where you come in and you can figure that out but um basically you want people who um they want to work with people in the food industry so if they for example again if they uh do wedding venues or if they <laughs> if they plan weddings then they're gonna need one a venue And two, they're going to want something unique for, like, the bridal party and all that. So, like, for this, what you're going to do is for each company, or not each company, at least each, like, problem that they're going to solve. So, like, if you know that you want, like, if you can get a lot of customers from, um, like, event planners or something, then you're going to do a worry tree for them. So, like, what things can you solve for them? And if that's simply referring someone, so like, for example, if you know that, uh, wedding planners have to, um, they need a website, right? And you don't do websites, but you're going to invite people there that do graphic design and are webmasters so they can mingle together and they can solve that problem themselves and they can have the best. So they can have the best graphic designers, the best webmasters, um, in your city. And then they also have the added benefit of that they're local. And then since they're, since they're at the event, they're developing a relationship. Maybe they get a better price. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so that's just one thing that you can look at. And then again, also like you have to worry about toilet paper. So do they. So you already have someone there who, they get customers and then they get like the people that you're helping, um, get their things solved for them. And then again, this is also where you have sponsors. So like people who don't want to necessarily go to the event or maybe they're like, uh, franchises. So like if let's say you're having one specifically for Milwaukee or specifically for Wisconsin, then you also have like, um, I know I keep going on toilet paper, but like if Charmin, Charmin sponsored the event, like they want you all to use Charmin. 
You can still invite, like, a local... I don't know if there's local toilet paper manufacturers in Wisconsin. But if there are, like, they're going to have to look at that, too. Um, it doesn't mean that you're not inviting any other competition. It just means that, like, hey, this is an event that you could uh, get more clients. Because there might be people who are like, you know what? I actually only want a local one. I don't want Charmin. But you still have, like, them have an ad space um, either like in your speech or maybe, I don't know, a banner or something like uh, figure out how you're going to promote that. But, um, that's a very good, like if you break it down, um, this can be a very, um, lucrative event, a very lucrative thing for you. And you also get the added benefit of legacy and of positioning yourself as the one in charge because everyone at some point is going to ask, who did this? Who put on this event for us? Um, even if it's like uh, virtual or um, in person, like whatever it is, um, if it's virtual, you need to be filming it at your venue. Like you definitely need to be filming it at your venue. Your logo needs to be in the background, <laughs> but you should not be referencing it all the time. Only when it's like relevant to uh, whatever you're doing. So like if it's to prove a point or as an example or something like that, yes. But at some point people are going to ask you like, what do you do? Like um, basically like how, why are you in a position to tell us what to do? And then also like, uh, did you say that good news to your heart or whatever? And then you just, you just be super honest with them. You're like, I want to create a hub of people that I can go to when I need something. So that's why event planners are here. That's why toilet paper people are here. That's why, I don't know, uh, utilities guys here. Like that's why those people are here. But also I know that you guys can benefit from that as well. So I thought bringing you guys all together because I cannot use all of you. I cannot partner with all of you. Um, and maybe you guys can develop some relationships on your own. Like, I get the added benefit of I get to be a part of those relationships. But the main thing is that you guys get those uh, relationships. And you have to be honest. And you have to be... Like, that has to actually be true if you're going to say something like that. And then the third one, the third hub, is, um, like I said before, influencers in your location. So, um, the influencers in your field are going to be in the ones for like field specific things um but they can also be in here uh it just it just depends so like they can be in multiple ones like you can cross like pollinate your hubs um that actually will create stronger bonds with you and them like stronger relationships and they're gonna get more of their issues solved um but in this third hub you're gonna have influencers in your city so like these are like djs um on the local radio station these are journalists these are newscasters like these are people that like have any influence in your city so um if you look at the main pillars of influence you have entertainment so that includes music and sports and um anything entertainment um and then you have food which is you um, but you also want to partner with other people who have a lot of, like, clout in the food place. So, like, any local favorites. So, like, if, let's say, you do, like, a cooking class of how to, I don't know, cook steak. I know I said that before. But, um, you know there's a local, like, favorite ice cream shop. Like, do some kind of collab with them. Like, steak and ice cream might not go together. But, like, you'll figure it out. Like, you're creative. You know what I mean? So, um, collab with them. And then, um... Uh, entertainment also includes like art so like this is you know um paint and sips this is uh also like a paint and sip I feel like might be included in the food venue thing um include them so like in your hub include them um 
but, uh, yeah. So you have, uh, any kind of art. Um, so you have painters and you have writers and you have musicians, you have all of those things. Um, and then the last one is fashion. So fashion is a very, 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 very influential thing in our culture, like in any culture, like anywhere. So if you develop relationships with, uh, the power players in those spaces, um, also in politics, but like, that's up to you. Um, but in the fashion world. So like, if you can, um, like, this is where like the podcast would make the most sense. If you had a podcast for, uh, like celebrities or power players or influencers or whatever you want to call them in your city these are the people you're going to bring on like when you do your dream 100 this is who you're going to list so like it's going to be the most like listened to radio uh shows like yes station but also the show like who is actually being listened to and then you're going to have them on your podcast and you're going to invite them and this is honestly a numbers game um you're basically it depends on like what your end goal is and then it depends on like what they want so if for example you know they're trying to promote something um then they're going to be much more likely to say yes to any kind of advertising but if you were to just say like hey uh i have this podcast called this and it's like a cool name um and i i interview people who are like very influential in milwaukee then you're going to get you're going to get some nos for sure but if you go to people that are like CEOs who don't usually get to be on podcasts or um like i don't know the mayor or the alderman or um the principal of the local uh the local school or i don't know the dean of the university or something like that like a lot of them are going to say yes because one they're bored um or two, they've never been on a podcast and they get to tell their friends about it. And this will give you the added benefit of they're going to tell everyone they know about it. So even if they do go on a consistent podcast, like they're still going to tell their audience and they're going to tell their friends and family and all that stuff. So like, uh, as long as you do a good job and you make it about them, you deliver them value, um, then you center it around them, then they're going to blast this to everyone and you're going to get a bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger audience. And at some point during the, uh, the interview, they're going to ask you like, what do you do? Like, is this what you do? Like you're a podcaster and you're going to say, no, I have a food venue and it's called this. It's on this street. This is the address. Um, Hey, you should come check it out sometime. Like, I'd love to give you a free public or a private, uh, party. And maybe they just told you that like, it's their wife's birthday or it's, uh, like their sports team's anniversary, uh, or they just won a championship or something. Then you're like, cool. When you win your next one, or when you have your next practice, come over here. Like we can have the whole team or we can have like your whole family or your whole, um, all your employees, like just depending on like what you're offering, um, just give them a free event. Um, that is going to be very beneficial to you. Um, and then again, if you offer a free event, have sponsors, free event does not mean that you have to take that loss completely. So like you are going to kind of take a loss, but if you have like some kind of sponsor or if you can set up a collab with them, like, um, offering a free event is much more lucrative than if you were to have charged them because they're most likely, like, they're not as likely to say yes if they have to pay at all. Even if you offer a discount just say, Hey, I'd love to give you a private event. Um, 
uh, let me know when you're free. Like, my people talk to your people. Like, what's up? Uh, we'll figure it out. And then actually make sure that they set it. They set a date. And you guys actually put it on the books um, before they leave the podcast, okay? So before they either click out, um, if you're doing it virtually, or before they leave your venue that you have the podcast at, um, or wherever you're having it, then make sure you set it up in real time. And then, um, you bring them into the hub, which is like the hub could literally just be like people who have been on the podcast and then you create like some kind of community around them. So they're going to need some kind of like, uh, um, like a place to discuss. So if you have like a Facebook group or, uh, on email, which that's a little chaotic, (laughs) um, but I would recommend like a Facebook group or um, if you, on your website you can get someone to code basically a community, like a forum. Um, that would be great. But on Facebook or LinkedIn, so you can have it on both. But if you put it on LinkedIn, they're automatically going to be super professional and you can't like joke or you can't do anything like, um, I don't know, funny or more normal like when you're in a normal situation like they're not going to be as uh comfortable basically so um if you do on facebook they're going to be a little more comfortable um so you can do that and um you can have like a few spots for this i highly recommend that if you have like an event like let's say you're doing it for a whole like sports team um like the local college sports team do not have so many um sponsors that they're super tired of being there like that's gonna exhaust them have like this okay so like having less sponsors at an event where like the people like the people who want to sponsor it really want to be there you can like this this has added benefit of since there's scarcity you can charge more so you don't have to have 40 different uh sponsors you can have like two and um uh, they, like, you can charge a lot more, because you're like, oh, well, there's 30 other people in line, and you're basically taking up the spot of 30 different sponsors, so this is our fee, and then you can charge a lot more, and then you just promote them, or have a banner, or whatever, however you set it up, um, and they're gonna be like, okay, like, they're gonna be like, oh, that's different, that a party has a sponsor, but, uh, you can do that, (laughs) um, and you need to be getting into some kind of like collab with them. Like I'm not saying that you need to do it in the first time that you like have this interaction, but uh, like over time you're gonna develop a relationship where like you can ask them for something or you can ask them like, hey, would you promote uh, my venue on your radio show or like for free? Um, like you're not gonna like you don't want to do something to get something like that's not what I'm saying here what I'm saying is give as much value as possible make them feel as comfortable as possible and uh eventually they're gonna ask you like hey like you've given me three events this year like this is amazing but uh what do you want like uh I'd love to give something back like when they do that then you simply accept the offer and then you say actually what I would love if you just send out an email of promoting my business that's it that's all I want. Just something you can do for free. And they're like, oh my God, that's so, I, I would love to do that. Like you've given me so much this year or you know what I mean? Like offer as much value. And then when they turn around and say, how can I give you value? Then that's when you accept the offer. Um, and then say, you know what? I would love this. It's something that only they can do. Um, 
and it's what they do anyway. I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, but you don't want to give a private event in the hopes that they're going to give a, give you a deal or something like that. Because, again, people can feel intent. And that's just not the kind of uh, the relationship you want to set up. You want to set up a real relationship, a real um, partnership uh yeah, real relationship, because if you set it up for, like, oh, if I give them this free event and they don't collab with me or they don't promote my thing on their radio show or whatever they have, like, I'm going to be super disappointed. Like, don't do that. Like, just think about it as you're doing something good for someone and leave it at that. Like, just do it out of the goodness of your heart and just know that it has a really good strategic advantage. Like, being a good person always is a strategic advantage. Like, that's just how that is. <laughs> And a really good place for any of these hubs is LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, you can search specific companies and then you can also search specific um, like job titles and locations. So like you can literally search for like the mark, the head of marketing in Milwaukee in the food industry. Like you can find all those people um, <laughs> and then you just direct message them and then, um, you know, just start talking to them. <laughs> uh, obviously, there's a lot of different ways to do this, but, like, you can just offer them a free event. Just say, I'd love for your company to come and uh, have free event. I know that you guys have, like, 100 employees. My event space, my venue can fit this many people. Come through. Like, I would love to offer free event to you. And just, again, free is such a powerful word. Um, and... You can also do ads for this. Um, so, like, you should be doing ads in context. So, if you can look up exactly who would make this decision, um, your ads and your messages. So, like, you're going to also message all these people. Um, like, a human being should be doing this. Um, like, messaging each person who might help with the decision making. And then um, also the actual decision maker. And you have, like, ads in context. So, like, you know that they're in Milwaukee. You know that you're in Milwaukee um, business. So, mention something that only people in Milwaukee would get the reference. So, mention the Bucks. Mention Leon's. Um, mention, I don't know, 27th Street or Oklahoma or something. Like, mention something that is specific to Milwaukee. And um, put it in context. Like, if you know, like, if you look up, like, like let's say the head of marketing, um, you find her name and you search it on Facebook. Okay, you're going to seem like a stalker, but bear with me. And you find out she is a Packers fan. Mention the Packers in either DM or, um, like, you could say, like, uh, how about for the next Packers game, you have your whole company or your whole department come and watch the game at our venue, and it's on us. Like, boom. Like, she's going to be like, oh, my God, they read my mind. <laughs> like, again, if you use any of the influential things... Um, I don't think I really went into fashion earlier, but, like, anything to do with fashion as well. But, like, uh, anything entertainment, so sports and music. So, like, if you know her favorite band, use that. Like, use that. Just be like, um, it has to be um, authentic. So, like, if you hate that band, don't mention it. Just do not mention that band. <laughs> um but if you actually, like, you both, like, you know that, oh, oh, I'm a Packers fan too. Like, have that in there. Like, oh, like, let's say on her Facebook she has, um, like, a check-in to Summerfest. I like Summerfest. I think everyone in Milwaukee likes Summerfest. So I would mention that. 
and we would bond over that and that's how we would start our relationship our like over something that we actually both care about so like she can have 30 different things that she likes but if I like one of them I'm going to talk about that and then also like whoever is DMing everyone which I think it should be you because you care the most about your business um and this is a very 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 lucrative thing and this is honestly what the CEO should be doing but if you're like some kind of executive or anything like that same thing um bond over the fact that you're both head of marketing I don't know um so like actually find something that uh you both enjoy and um you can find that so like look at when she talks about um like each job look at that like what is she proud of and really get to know this person before you message them and it should not be generic it should actually be a genuine message this is going to take quite a bit of time especially since you have at least 100 people in your g100 list um or 100 companies and then you have like a lot of people to message you should also be doing targeted ads so she might not respond to you um but you have ads uh to her and then the people around her like hey does your marketing um does your head of marketing know this or i'd love to give you guys this like pass this on to your uh head of marketing or head of whatever head of events or whatever whoever will make that decision um and then eventually she's gonna like she can't get away from it, so she's gonna eventually see it and be like, you know what? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna bring the whole team, we're gonna bring the whole department, and we're gonna have a good time. Like, so this person stops harassing me with all these <laughs> DMs. Um But yeah, that is how you start that for LinkedIn. It's honestly the beauty of it. And this this will really work if like let's say you wanna get like the books. Like the books, a lot of people know the books, like that's it's an NBA team. Um, but if you go on LinkedIn, search Bucks or the Bucks, um, eventually you're going to find someone who their job is to schedule like meet and greets or to schedule like promotions or something. Um, what you're going to do here is you're going to message them and say, hey, I'm a food venue. I'd love for the Bucks, a private um, thing for the Bucks. Uh, I'd love to meet them. And then you just give them whatever you do. So like whatever service you provide, you give that for free and um, you develop that relationship with them. And then you got like, you got to use some competence here. You got to, you know, work your magic. Uh, but basically you're going to, you're going to be playing the long game. So yeah, you have the bucks in front of you and it'll be great. Like, yeah, get some pictures and um, like if they can geotag where they're at, like, great. But that's not the goal. The goal is for you to develop a relationship with them. Now, some of the people on your Dream 100, like, they're, it's going to seem like you're going to just want a transactional relationship, but try not to do that. Like, even if you do actually just want a transactional uh, relationship or, like, you just want one thing from them, like, still try to develop a relationship because they could give you way more than you ever expected. Um, just give value. And then when they're like, hey, um what do you want from us or uh, what can we do for you like when they ask something like that like what can we do for you then you you tell them what they can do for you all right so i hope that everything i've gone through so far it basically gets like your creative juices flowing and you just want to brainstorm a bunch of new ideas um but one thing i really 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 want to go over is um marketing and essentially what this is going to be is that um 
you have to create a ton of content. You have to create a ton of content in context. And what that is, is basically you want to move away from like vanilla content. You want to uh, basically humanize your company. So people don't like to buy from companies. They like to buy from people. So uh, for this is you're going to have to figure out different ways to humanize your company. Now you can do this in a lot of different ways. And essentially what this is is branding. Um, You want people to remember your name. And you want them to be raving fans. You want them to, like I said, ride or die for you. So if you want that, like you have to give them more things to consume. And they have to relate to you more. So, uh, like I said before, that's you putting out a ton of content and in context. So, um, if you look up Gary Vee, he has uh, a lot of content on this. Um, I highly recommend you look into Gary Vee for any business. But um, for this, it's basically that you want to bring people into your world whether that is your niche world like what do food venues do or people in the food industry or what like how does a venue work um or like your specific companies like behind the scenes of your company so if you're my partner the way that we would do this actually is a lot of different we would be producing a lot of content um but gary v talks about like you need to be producing um i think he said like at least 100 pieces of content a day and if you want to know how to do that just look up gary v uh slide deck and he'll tell you how to like break down um pieces of content but basically what you need to do is you need to have master pieces of content and then you break them down so um that's one reason why you need the podcast and uh have a youtube channel like all these different things um and you're gonna have someone like for this it also if i were your partner or if i were about to collab with you um I would say that you need someone who specializes in this. So you actually need to hire someone who specializes in uh, producing content. And the way that you do this, the way that you produce so much content is that you just document and not create. So Gary Vee says, like, document, don't create. So this, um, I think a really easy way to think about this is think about it as if your company is like a TV channel and then um, you have a bunch of shows. So a really good place to start is with your employees. Like you might have someone who's super funny and it's just a joy to be around them. And then you just have like um, the joke of the day with this person. Like joke of the day with John. Um, and then you just put that out. Like that, those are things that can go viral very easily. Um, and people will get to know who this is. And then you can also have like by department. Um, obviously your employees will have to agree to be on video or be recorded in some kind of way but if you let your employees kind of like take the rein on this and then be creative and again like before I said like to incentivize them in a way that makes sense um sometimes literally just uh giving them a platform like they love that um but if you were a tv like channel imagine like all the different things that are on like mtv or it used to be I don't know if they have any more but uh Like, you can have reality shows where it's just, like, kind of like a vlog um, of someone just going about their day. Like, this could be literally anyone and everyone in your company. This could be you. Like, a day in the life of a CEO of a food venue or of a venue, like, a venue owner or something. Like, you know, figure it out. Um, Like, work with different titles. Like, play around. And um, you can also have, like, the day in the life of an accountant 
or the day in the life of a cashier or um, the day of life of a chef like that would actually be amazing like um, your daily tips with um, chef whatever the last name is like that would be amazing like it doesn't have to be something long but you can do something long like you can um uh record like you, you're basically you're documenting things so like if you're documenting everything you do that day like you can have someone edit it down but you can also just put out the raw footage of you just going about your day um or your company going about its day um in a normal work day um like basically don't decide for the consumer what they want to watch and then just go from there you'll get better over time because uh like Gary Vee also talks about like every company is a media company first and then second it's whatever you actually do so first you're a media company and then you're a food venue so um like come at it with that stance so you need to be producing content in all forms of communication so you need to be producing videos audio visuals so like graphics like you probably already do with like posters and uh, flyers and stuff um and then the written word so you also need to figure out like uh what is relevant for each platform so like gary i know i mentioned him a few times i'm gonna mention him a bunch of times um he talks about how uh each platform like there's different things that work for it so um you need to be producing on all of them um like all of them <laughs> and uh different things will work for for different platforms so uh like there's long form media which is like youtube you can um put out an eight hour video if you wanted um but on instagram you know a minute three minutes is usually the sweet spot um and then like tiktok it's a minute or less um and then like twitter uh short form like you only have a certain amount of letters or characters you can use uh, Facebook, it's pretty much unlimited how many words you can use your own blog, unlimited however much you want, uh, so short form, long form, and, uh, just figure out, like, where is your groove, and then also whoever is making content, so, like, you definitely need to be making content because this is your business, um, but figure out where you're most comfortable, so don't think, like, oh, well, everyone's doing video, so I have to do video, like, audio is about to be very powerful, um, and if, like, for me, I'm much more comfortable with just audio than I am video, which is why you're consuming this in audio form. Um, but if you're better at the written word than you are at speaking or being on video, then focus on a blog. Like, it doesn't have to be what everyone else is doing. It has to be wherever you're the most magical, the most comfortable. Like, um, now this doesn't mean you have to stay in your comfort zone, but this just means that, like, to start off, like, you should be in your comfort zone so that's also why you need to use your employees and then also like customers like you can have like a customer um i don't know tip of the day like where you just ask customers every every single customer is like do you have a tip for our audience and then um they're just like yeah like i don't know um save your money or something something like completely unrelated to you being a food venue but they you know have a good tip and uh maybe they're more comfortable on video and maybe your employee is much more comfortable on video and you realize that like they'd be a really good game show host and they just create your own game show host at the food venue like you basically want people to want to consume your content and entertainment like i said before entertainment is a is a big influencer in any culture so um it doesn't have to be super revolved around what you do but some examples like behind the scenes if you, like remember that n 
most of the people are not in your world, so everything you show them is exciting. So to you, it's just boring, like uh, talking to a vendor or um, doing, I don't know, whatever you do day to day, like it might seem boring or tedious to you, but like it's exciting to other people because we have no idea what it's like to run a food venue or a venue or be in the food industry. I mean, I know what it's like to be in the food industry, but like there's a lot of people who who have never been in the food industry and they would love to know what does that look like? Like what does the back of the kitchen look like? Like, how do you um, close up every night? Like, all those different things. Like, <laughs> all the quirky things that you do every night. What What is that? Uh, so definitely show that. So behind the scenes. Um, that can also go into vlogs. But uh, behind the scenes and vlogs, I feel like the difference is... Vlogs is like you can show everything. So it's like the front end too. Um, for this is actually a very... Like, for vlogs is a very good uh, technique. Like, a good marketing technique for... Um, so if you look at like why some people don't, uh, become a customer is because they don't know how the process would work. So you need to basically flood your, uh, platforms, your timelines, uh, with how it works to either become a customer or what the event will actually look like. So you're going to literally walk them through, you're going to give them a tour of the whole place and you're going to do this pretty often. Okay, so this isn't just a one-time thing. This is going to be often that you're going to show the actual venue space. Like, don't keep it a secret. Like, show them everything that they would see when they come in. And then do an actual, like, tour every so often. Every time you change something, anything like that, like, do a tour. And then also do, like, why you have certain things. Um, Because you need to remember, like, these people, like, they're not in your world. Um, Again, it's exciting, but it's also... um, it could be overwhelming because they might have gone with you, but they don't know the process. So, like, you're also going to show them, like, this is how you book an event. And um, this is how you rent our space. Or this is how... Um, that's another thing. Um, you should definitely be offering, like, if you have any slow days, um, offer to rent your space. And this is a good, like, uh, relationship building thing. So, like, if you... Like, let, let's say you know that... Um, your local school, I don't know, um, university or not, like high school or something, um, they would love to teach your kids how to cook. Um, then you let the school rent your space, like, every Tuesday, because, you know, it's a slow day, and, um, every Tuesday, the kids come, and either you teach them how to cook, so you do, like, a private event with them, or you let them rent the space, and then they just teach their kids how to cook, and all you have to do is you're just making money by letting them rent your space, space on a slow day like there you go like that's another way to make money um but back to um that's another thing you would record that like if it's okay with the school because like you know underage kids like that's um tricky but if like it was a college like ask the teacher just like hey can I document this and they're gonna want they're gonna want a copy of that too um but you're gonna want to document that like even if you don't put out everything that you document you want to document everything um so uh that's another thing. So your vlogs will be like you going about your day or your employees going about their day or somebody going about their day um, or a day in the life of something like that, like a reality show kind of situation. Um, and then this is also where you're going to show people behind the scenes. So a behind the scenes is a little more like uh, guided. So one thing I'd also recommend is that you do a behind the scenes of what it's like to be hired by you. So you, you literally like fake like the camera is a new hire and you show them everything. So you literally give them tutorials, break it up. So you like, what I recommend for this is you record the whole process. You put that out and then you uh, put out like, uh, shorter forms of it. So like, um, you just showing them, um, around or, uh, 
like you just showing them how to do their job like you're like i would recommend you do this for each and every single position that you have in your company so um this can actually become your training material for when you do actually hire someone new but this will also bring in people who like they'd love to work for your company but they are a little overwhelmed by the process or they just don't know how it works and like humans naturally try to avoid the unknown and if you make working with you like in terms of being a client or like actually being hired by you as um, underwhelming as possible then you remove a lot of the barriers that they have like mentally or not um, to work with you also um, you can have different kinds of shows like I said uh, before but uh, one thing I would highly recommend is you do tutorials so if you have a like any of your recipes or anything like that um, you can even have a tutorial of something that like people aren't usually gonna do so like how to break down um, an event like uh, literally how to I don't know um, just something that is like very specific to you but also very generic so, like you can like this can go from like how to make a recipe to like how to break down an event to like how to make a call to your vendor like um, how to set up a meeting how to do everything like literally anytime you have to do anything you can turn it into a tutorial and turn it into content and a beautiful thing about the food industry is that you get to do food porn and look it up if you don't know what that is um it's not actually porn but it's it's beautiful <laughs> and you get to show like each thing this is also where you're gonna show each of your menu items because on your website you can only show so much so what you're gonna do is you're literally gonna show the process of how to cook each thing on the menu that you offer and then what it looks like in the end and then you're gonna also have someone taste it okay you're gonna have someone taste it and they're gonna tell you what it's like and this is going to be someone who has not tasted it before. This is not going to be the person who, like, honestly, you should have new hires do this. Because they get to taste the food for the first time. And you get to see someone's first reaction. And this will give you a lot of data. But it will also show the people who, um, maybe they want to book an event with you and they're not sure what package to get. Show them this video. Look, this is someone who has never tasted it before. I mean, now they've had it a bunch of times. But they've never tasted these things before. Um... And this is how they would describe it, and this is what it looks like, and this is how we make it. And they're going to make a much more informed decision than if you had just been like, oh, just pick one. Like, it just, it tastes like how it tastes. Like, figure it out. <laughs> um, you don't want to do that to your customers. You want to basically make it as easy as possible to work with you. And basically what you're doing with the content is like, yes, you're putting yourself out there and you're putting yourself in people's face, um, but one you might like you might not be viral overnight or anything like that so like just calm down um i know i've been uh in a position where like i've had to you know deploy some patience and uh that is very necessary for this process but uh a really good part of this so like a really good added benefit of creating a bunch of content other than being in people's faces like well okay so f the reason you want to be in people's faces is so that they ride or die for you because you you want them to consume you kind of like an influencer kind of like an entertainer so um people are ride or die for entertainers so you want to be in that category even though you're in food and even though you're a company so you want to humanize it as much as possible. You want them to be entertained as much as possible. You want them to consume you over as many platforms as you possibly can in as many different ways as you possibly can. That is just a sound strategy. Um, but another reason we're going to do this is to uh, kind of get feedback. 
So the more things you put out, the more comments you're going to get, the more opinions you're going to get, and um, the more you're also going to see it from the other side. So this is going to be very beneficial for you. This gives you so much data. And what you want to do is you want to document the data as well. So document the comments and document like um, people really did not like this or people really love this and I did not expect that. Like document all of that. Um, This will basically make you stronger as a company like that. I think that that's self uh, explaining why you would want that. Um, But uh, a really big reason you want that is so that you communicate with your audience. So like if they say like, Hmm, I would love if you blank do that. <laughs> as long as it's, you know, within your integrity and it's not legal or anything like that, um, do it. So if they ask for another thing on the menu, do it. If they ask you to change something on the menu and it's your specific recipe, you created it, and people do not like that there's, I don't know, um, so much of this ingredient or not enough of this one, alter it. Like, you can even do, like, uh, you create one together. Like, you guys create a recipe together. Like, you and your fans. Um, basically, what you want to do is you want to create community. And community, you need communication. So, with this, you're going to basically take in all of their ideas and all of that. And it's going to be... It's going to help strengthen your company. Like, all around. But they'll also give you new ideas for content. And they'll give you new ideas for basically how to charge them. Like... They're going to tell you different things that they want. So just give it to them. All right. So I'm going to just quickly go over uh, also all the pillars. So we already went over like how you get more customers. You basically need more eyes on your your content. You need it on your platforms. You need to bring people to your platforms. So any way you can get them off of like Instagram and Facebook and um, any social media and onto like your website or email list, something that you own. That is going to be the most lucrative thing you can do, the most profitable thing you can do, the most like uh, brand building thing you can do. Um, But basically you want to be where they're at. So you don't want to completely remove them, but you want them to understand that like you also have your own thing. So like they'll get an added something if they join your email list or go to your website or something. But um, the other thing is all the hubs and use the influencers. And you can use the influencers to create more content as well. But you can leverage their audience by including them in content. It doesn't have to be them physically there, but it could also be like they're at a launch party. Or like let's say they are launching a new makeup line. They're at your food venue. Like beautiful. Like that's a beautiful uh, example. Um, uh, The second pillar is you want them to spend more money. So you want your current clients customers to spend more money and this essentially how this works is you have add-ons because if you don't have add-ons then um that's that's a super vulnerable place to be like i know i've said that before but uh you again if you do another worry tree of like you can it doesn't have to necessarily be worries but if you do another worry tree another brainstorming thing of like how can we satisfy literally every desire that they have and then work backwards from that So, super simple in food is, like, um, if they want an entree, they're also going to want a side dish. That's an add-on. If they want a drink, that's an add-on. If they want dessert, that's an add-on. So, you can, like, uh, 
if you and I were going to partner together, then we would develop more of your menu, like your offer menu. So like this is your actual menu that you offer food on. Um, and then also like the other things that you can offer. So like uh, to rent your space or to hold events, well, your event space, like obviously you do that, but like private events and then like public events, um, uh, we would have like everything for B2B and B2C. And then um, where it's B2B, but in context of the C. So like, for example, like a wedding would, is technically B2B because the wedding planner would uh, book you or it's B2C where the person getting married would book you. Um, so you would have to look at like the different things that they would have to worry about in that situation. And then what you do is you put yourself as the solution to everything. So like, um, this is why you have that hub. So if you do work with someone who, um, wants to, I don't know, have their wedding at your venue, then you have a whole hub of people that can help do that. So like, um, you get a commission on every sale they make, like, boom, you make money like that. Like commissions are a really good way, um, to get more money more often, which was another pillar, but this is also an add on. So it just, it just depends on how you look at it. But, um, so you basically want to make sure that everything you can add on you do. So this is also why you want to work with like fashion because you also want the like bridal dresses to they can go through you. So like even if it's just a reference it doesn't necessarily mean that like at the venue they're shopping for dresses. Um, but if you want to have like a bridal conference convention thing then um i don't know charge everyone who wants a booth and then the people just come buy their dress there like there's a lot of different ways you can you can go about this um but uh but back to add-ons and uh like the current customers spending more money is you can create a sense of like urgency and scarcity so like one way is obviously like your one venue so um they need to book you for a certain day and there's only a certain amount of spots and uh if they want to like let's say like your venue can hold a bunch of people but they want something private like that's a really good way to make more money from one customer because they'd have to buy out like basically all the other customers so like if you um i guess i would consider paint and sip uh as a food venue so if you're a paint and sip then um if someone wants a private party they'd have to basically you need a package for them so this is where like you go into packages and um instead of just standalone offers and you create as many packages as you possibly can so like literally create like every kind of customer you've seen so like this is b2b so like if they want to do an office party um like a, a private party situation and then this is also like if it's more public um, if you're doing it to like many different people at once, then, uh, honestly, like a lot of these venues, like it's going to mostly be like a package. So you can do package by like however many people are there, however much time they spend there, um, based on the food that you offer or that the service you provide. So like if you offer a cooking class versus you just give them food, um, like a banquet, um, so all those different things like literally come from every single angle possible and don't like get caught up in 
your current way of doing business like this like i hope this episode is just like freeing your mind to think like of all these different things that you can do to make money and to solve the issue of your client or customer and like i already said for spending more it's add-ons and um any way that you can add on another service or another product like you don't want to overwhelm them but you want to be like hey we have this uh here's our offer menu and they're gonna be like wow you guys cater you guys do this you guys do that they're gonna be surprised that you do that and they're gonna be like wow like i'd love to have you in our home or whatever like think of different ways that you can provide your product or service to your current customers and then the other thing is um the uh the third pillar is for them to spend more often with you and this could be as simple as gift card because that's basically they're committing to coming back with you um you can book multiple events at one time so if you know that this is like a yearly reoccurring thing book them for a few years and uh they can put down like a deposit or something or even like one year in advance or if like this is a monthly thing book them three months and when you knock it out of the park then they're never gonna want to leave so then they're gonna enter like a year-long contract so there's that <laughs> and if your experience um is like something you put on like a show then um have it more often so like if you only do it once a month do it every week um see if you can do it every day uh i it would just have to depend on like what you currently do uh i'd have to see that in order to give you like really good advice but basically just do it more often see if you can and utilize these other things um in order to pay for that so like if you need more staff or more equipment or more supplies then uh, utilize these other pillars to um basically provide you with that so you can make way more money this is also like i know that uh food venues and food experiences like this is usually a service-based business but like you if you start offering products oh, you're gonna make so much money so like this could be like you develop your own product or it's so, like for example like you have this really amazing sauce bottle it up sell it like that um sell it a la carte um you can put this in grocery stores like i said just go to linkedin figure out like who would make that decision and develop a relationship with them put them in the hub or if you don't have the hub yet just put them in like a one-to-one relationship with you and then eventually um like just say like hey i'm not gonna lie this is what i want i want my product in your store what would it take to do that like you can go that way too um it doesn't have to always be like so passive um but you can do that uh you can offer like uh DIY packages so like if your food experience is like let's say it is a paint and sip offer kits of people to do that at home and uh, they can do with you virtually so like you walk them through it virtually or um, with the kit is like a pre-recorded uh, like you walking them through it and they can do it at their own pace in their own home like that then you're in their home and that's such a beautiful place to be <laughs> and they're gonna trust you more like subconsciously they're gonna trust you more because they've allowed you into their home and honestly i believe that every company should have merch and honestly like there's a lot of different things that you can do especially if you're working with uh like all these influential people so like you can have merch like uh food venue x the bucks 
or X whatever NBA is uh, whatever NBA team is in your city or your state or whatever, um, or X this NFL team or whatever. Like you can collab with the team. That's why you develop a relationship with them, um, and not a transactional one because then you can ask like, can we do a collab, and we do merch together or like we do um, like a Bucks uh, package uh, where we treat you like the Bucks or. Um, I don't know, <laughs> like a super luxurious one, or you can also do where they get to meet and greet with the, the Bucks uh, people, or um, like this is a lot of different things that you can do, um, but there's also like you can offer like a Bucks or like a Packers or this band or this radio station, like you can also offer like a 103.7 KISS FM um, menu item like where the djs come in and they tell you like what they like and you're like oh it's this person's sandwich or this person's pasta or whatever and people are gonna come in they're gonna want that so do that i think that's a beautiful thing to do plus it'd be really fun and honestly like how many djs can say that they have like uh i don't know a sandwich name after them or like a bowl of ramen or pho or a taco, like, whatever you offer, (laughs) like, or an alcohol beverage named after them, like, not many, and they're gonna gloat about it all the time, they're gonna talk about it all the time, free promotion all the time, I mean, I would, like, (laughs) most people would, if they had something named after them, they definitely would, but also if you have merch, where it's like, uh, I don't know, like, get creative in this space, this is why you need to hire someone who, like, that's their job, is, uh, to do these more creative things, And you can even do, like, you and the influencer just on a t-shirt or, like, a sweatshirt or uh, a phone case. Like, if you offered that. Um, Like, think outside the box. Like, stickers. Stickers are going to be a really big thing. If you have beautiful stickers, people buy them regardless of who you are. Like, of what you do. So, offer that as well. (laughs) And um, if your employees have, like, hit TV shows on your platform then offer merch for them because each one of them is going to be a star each one of them is going to be like a main character so like have uh shirts with like their sayings on them like their quote or um like whatever they say often anything like that or even their name or their picture all of that even the name of their show like i said before like john's joke of the day like (laughs) t-shirt folder or notebook or anything you want so that'll get them to also buy more often and could bring in more clients and customers because they might only buy that thing and not buy anything else. They might not buy an event, but they'll buy a shirt or they'll buy a sticker. <laughs> now, it's time for the last pillar of the reoccurring offers, which honestly, I don't know why, but it's my favorite pillar. So, there's a lot of things you can do for reoccurring offers. And honestly, this is the part that stumps clients the most. They cannot imagine something that's reoccurring um, that someone, like, gives them a subscription for. Like, they just, I don't know why, but, like, it really stumps people a lot. But you can think of this structurally. So, like, you can think of this as, like, um, a membership and then um, basically what each membership does is it grants them access to your world or to other offers. So what this looks like is like uh, you can structure this based on if you do B2B and then B2C. So if you do B2B, you have different packages. So like one package could be that they do a certain amount of events with you, but they get a discount. And then um, 
they get like guaranteed certain days of the month or of the year or whatever, but they have to reoccurring like pay that. Um, and this is obviously for businesses that want to do reoccurring events. It wouldn't make sense if they only do one event. Uh, this is also discounts and this is like, if you already have the hubs, um, this is a beautiful thing where like they can buy into, uh, this is another thing that can like support the hub is people can like that are not in the hub. Like, businesses that are not in the hub, they can subscribe to getting access to the hub. So, either as sponsors or um, you hook them up. So, this is kind of like a matchmaking situation. And, um, like, you can go from there. And then, or you can have, like, the people within the hub um, can say, like, oh, I'm looking for this kind of company. And then they, they subscribe to you and you basically introduce them. You know? So the VIP for that one day or like you know you figure it out <laughs> how you want to do like structure that but you basically have to look at like what is the end goal so like you have to reverse engineer the end goal and um if your end goal is to make a bigger hub like just invite them to the hub but the hub itself could be a reoccurring uh membership fee and then you can also do a reoccurring for like the sponsors that want to be in the hub um that like want to advertise in the hub not necessarily be in the hub as a member and then you can do b2c like uh for this you can go like i think two ways so you can go based on like their their clients already their customers already and they really love your service or your product so like um they really 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 love that and they want to be in that world so you basically have to look at like what world do they want to be in and so you have the people who really love your actual business and your product and your service and then you have the people who love you as a company and then you as like a person and everyone you put on there so like all your employees that have their own like shows of the day or anything like that um like the personalities you you're showing on social media so you have your influencer side and then you have like your business side and um so for the business side, this is like discounts and this is like access, like early access to things. So for example, if you do any kind of reconstruction, you can have them vote on like what to put in there. Um, you can have them get like sneak peeks, uh, things like that, like of the physical space. And then also like sneak peeks of new menu items. They can vote on new menu items, um, all those things. And you can have like each one of these be like tiered up. So like you can have like the first tier is like, let's say $5. And, um, basically they get to vote on like new menu items and then you're going to add a new menu item every month and, um, they get to vote on that. That's great. There you go. And then they get like special announcements and then like at $10, they get, um, like they get to vote and they get, um, special announcements and they get, I don't know, um, a discount if they do an event and then at like $20 they get the discount and all the other stuff uh plus they get like a shout out or they get like um they get in a drawing to have a menu item named after them or um I don't know they can also be in the meet and greets uh for the local celebrities so like you can have three different peer tiers or like three different worlds uh for the customers of like they really love your physical location so like they really love like let's say they're in the food industry um so Honestly, you can have a lot of different memberships with this. You can have one for your competitors of, like, the people that are in your community who, like, want to know how you do what you do. And then you can have, like, people who really love, like, the food industry, the food venue industry. And um, they, they just want to be a part of that process. 
And then you can have, like, uh, fans. So, like, this is what I was talking about is, like, you can have fans who um, they decide more of, like, if you were an influencer type thing. So, like, this would be, um, like, they decide what you do for a day or, like, you do a meet and greet with them. Or, like, they decide merch. So, like, this, like, any kind of way that they get access to you or your company is that's what you want. And then you can also have another one, like I said, a B2B. Um, basically, for this, it just depends on, like, what they want. So, um, it would be easier for me to give, like, better and, like, more customized advice if I knew exactly what you were doing. Which is why, like, in the future, listen to more episodes. Um, because you're gonna get more examples. I'm gonna get more, like, niche down. But, I think I said this earlier, I think that every single food industry company should have uh tutorials and classes so like you can have one membership tier where it's literally just like you teach them how to cook so like you literally have your chef to teach people how to cook and um they get like a certain amount of recipes or like you can have like different tiers of like their beginners so you teach them how to do like basic stuff and then you have like people who want to do more like luxurious stuff like if you're kind of more like your experience is more luxurious so you teach them how to do that um or like a certain type of food so like if it's a certain like culture of food um you can do that for sure um uh you can also have virtual experiences and so like if your thing is something that it it can be like translated to virtually um then have a virtual experience and then do it like every month like it this would have to depend on what your thing was and could like would it make sense for someone to come more than once so like I said the classes would be a good idea um anything like calming like I said before like the paint and sip like that would make sense if every month people came together and did a paint and sip and you ship them like a DIY thing with like a canvas and some paint and some alcohol and you should definitely be getting um uh like sponsored for the alcohol if you're doing that definitely um like that's a very good way to make more money um but you send them like the DIY package like I said before like you should be having products um and then they can have the experience at home or you can have like uh if part of your experience is like you have to go to them or they have to come to you um so like if let's say like a private chef like yes that's not necessarily your experience but if you have the ability to like send a private chef then um that can be a recurring thing where like if every month like if this couple wants a date night or um something like that then uh they just have to do like a monthly membership fee and then they get to pick a night out of the month and then they have like uh, a fully catered private dinner for their family or for like a date night or something like that that can also work for uh businesses where like every month you come in um and uh, well they like for business like maybe they come in and you teach them how to make something and they just they just drink and they have a good time and it's more of a bonding experience for them rather than like a tutorial but like you still are teaching them how to make something and then you give them the recipe they go home they can make it and then then they sign up for your virtual classes like it's a it's a loop right there (laughs) but basically what you want to do is you want to reverse engineer someone who is in that category so like if your categories are by if it's b2b b2c you're gonna have to reverse engineer that like why would a business want to have a membership like what would be the benefit of that and then also like a customer like is it because they have so many parties is it because that um this thing can 
be fun once a month or once a week. Um, like, you can also offer, like, if it is B2C, you can also offer, like, family packages. So, like, look at the different packages. Um, and just see, like, what can you offer, like, monthly. Because you can, like, for the business ones, it would also, it would, like, those are probably going to be more expensive. <laughs> um, but the more people you get into your world, the more people are going to buy uh, the subscriptions. Whether that's the business ones or the customer ones. And then whether that's the world of they love you as entertainment or they love you as food experts or they love you as a company. Like whatever reason they love you. Um, you're going to have more people love you for that. Like, it does not have to be in the context of your specific thing. Like, let people love you in different kinds of ways. All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please check out the Project Future social media. So Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Just search Project Future with two T's. Please share this episode if you got any value from it. And check out my other two podcasts, which are Psych Chica, so Psychology Chica. That's where I share personal stories. You can get to know me a little bit better. And the other one is Manifest and Chill, Manifest and Chill. And that's where we get a little spiritual. Again, thank you for listening.